Hello, everyone, and welcome back to today's episode on Movius Ministries Podcast. This is your friend Josiah. <clears throat> Thank you so much for tuning in. What a beautiful day it is outside today. My gosh, the perfect breeze, the sun's out, a little bit of clouds. Could not ask for better weather for those of you who are in Michigan, because I have listeners who live in like other countries and stuff. But anyway, welcome back, guys. I um, hope, hope you had a good week. Um, Last week or good Sunday, went to church. I wasn't able to go to church on Sunday. Uh, obviously, it was Mother's Day, and I got to celebrate Mother's Day with my mom. We went to the Tigers game. Uh, we had a blast. I uh, had a really great time. Um, got to spend time with my mom, give her a really nice uh, present. And um, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about learning how to be content. And obviously, you can see it with the title on the screen. Um, but and if you like another song that's playing today, I'm trying to figure out how to pronounce it. Um, Theophilus, I think, and then it's in parentheses, One Spirit by Waldner Worship. This is season 21, episode 206, and here on Mobius Ministries, I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, thank God, do my best to interpret scripture, help you grow in your intimacy with the Holy Spirit, and to encourage you to remain steadfast through tough seasons as we also continue to be prepared for the second coming of Christ. If you're new to my podcast where I've been listening for quite some time now, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Over two years ago, God told me to start this podcast and start using the teaching gift that he has given me which I'm humbled by every time I get on here. And I just pray that God's will would be evident in your life as we go through today's episode. The verse of the day here on Movius Ministries, it's out of the book of Proverbs today, and it's chapter 19, uh, verse 21. And out of the NIV, this is a pretty well-known verse. Many are the plans in a person's heart but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. It's really cool. I think it's um, Psalm 57. Hang on a sec. Let me look at this real quick. Yeah, Psalm, we can remember where it says, but the, but the latter part of the verse, it says, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. In Psalm 57, 2, it says, I will cry to God Most High, who accomplishes all things on my behalf, for he completes my purpose in his plan. I love that. It's like I'm continuing to learn how to be content in certain things, and I, I am going to share some pretty uh, deep, vulnerable things about how I'm learning how to be content, and God is, I'm, I'm definitely getting some rubber on the road and learning how to do this better. So, um, yeah, it's a great verse. I love it. Let's open in prayer. Father, I thank you that you have not called us strangers, but you have grafted us into your Son, who cleanses us from all sin. Father, I pray my mind would be steadfast upon you and only on you in today's episode. I pray that you change my motives, God. Enrich my heart with your word. You just lead me in today's episode, God. Holy Spirit, I pray for the person listening and you just touch their heart. 
Father, teach us to be content in all seasons. Help us to trust you in all seasons, God. In moments where we feel that you're going to be unfaithful, Lord, forgive us. Pray that in this message, your name is glorified, God. And we worship you in the trial. We worship you in the waiting. Lord, we lift your name up. We remember what Jesus did on the cross. We remember what he did. And we lift you up, Jesus. We worship you. We love you. Give us reverence. Give us a fear of you, God, in our hearts. Let the fear of you be our treasure. Thank you for today, Lord. Another day where we get to enjoy intimacy with you, Holy Spirit. We get to enjoy sanctification. We get to be expectant for your second coming and love your second coming. Father, I pray for the false things that my listener has heard. And Lord, that you would just put your truth in that would eradicate those false things. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your son who cleanses me from all sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, and if you have any questions about today's episode, you can email me at josiahmobius12 at yahoo.com. I will have my email in the description below in case you want to email me. So I do have a water as well, just to let you guys know. Contentment. How do we be content? This is a word that even the unbelieving world, I have... I have seen learn how to get into the attitude of people who aren't who aren't even saved beloved some of you know about my 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 walk in the program called celebrate recovery I've talked about my journey in that I've worked on a lot of issues in my walk with Christ such as nicotine in the forms of cigarettes and vaping and even a little bit of hookah Uh, sexual integrity issues in all shapes and sizes procrastination using money my money more wisely gossiping swearing self-righteousness and now working on issues like lustful thoughts greed covetousness which i have been getting a lot better with and codependency in the forms of needing people's approval and people pleasing celibate recovery is helping me learn to be more content i was not able to make last week's meeting on tuesday but uh, before that i was going going there for i mean every week Um, i'm planning on being there tonight as well um so i picked up a blue chip a couple weeks ago for learning how to be content and not covet and be greedy of things Um, i wish i would have known what contentment really is now going off note real quick um where i talked about picked up a blue chip celibate recovery has a moment where um you can pick up little chips it's like 30 days 60 days 90 days you know nine months or even you know uh, they have a certain amount of years um of a certain victory that you've come across and you get to pick up a chip it's really cool um i give the god god the glory every time um But it's nice just to pick that up and just think like, wow, God, you did this through me. You gave me grace to repent. You gave me grace to let the changing of of my mind have its fruit by not going back to my old vomit. So a a blue chip signifies a new area that you want to work on. Obviously, we talk about peeling back the onion and how God shows us things through, through different seasons and different areas in our hearts. And we work on it. We surrender. We say, okay, Lord, I see this issue. Change my heart. 
It's that simple, beloved. It's that simple. And, um, I picked up a blue chip for contentment and covetousness and, and uh, greed. Now, Philippians 4.13 is one of the most Fam- one, of, one of the most fam- famous verses in all of the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, when I prepared this message on May 12th of 2023 at Desert Oasis in Rochester, I typed in Philippians 4 here on my MacBook, and verse th- 13 showed up on the screen on the search bar before I even pressed enter. <laughs> and here I am again to say, by God's grace, that this verse is taken out of context a lot. And I have spoken this verse out of its original context many times. And not that I, not, not, now that I know how to use this verse, um, in any given, given conversation, I use it in the right ways. Let's look at Philippians 4, 10 through 13 out of the Amplified Bible. The title of this is Thanks for Their Gifts. We're going to get into who is there, who's, who are, who's, Who is that that they're talking about? Verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. This is is Paul writing. I I rejoiced greatly in the Lord. In the Lord, not in you because the Lord is my provider. That at least you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in in and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So in the church of, in Philippi, they were sending Paul gifts uh, and foods of many kinds. This is the context behind it. And Paul was so edified and encouraged when he had received these things. That's what he says. Paul sent this letter from one of his many imprisonments and for a very practical reason. The, the, the Philippians had sent uh, one of their members, um, Epaphroditus, that's one of the one of the guy's names, they had sent him to take a financial gift to Paul to support him in prison. And Paul wrote this letter to uh, as Aphrodite Paul wrote this letter as Aphroditus to explain how much Paul appreciated all of the help he received from the church in Philippi. Some of those notes I just shared is from the Bible Project's videos about this book. So I did take a little bit of what I heard. So now that we understand some of the backstory, let's look at uh, let's look at these verses one more time, beloved. And so again, I'm you know what I just I made a mistake. The version that I just read um, previously in Philippians ten through thirteen, four ten through, I am rushing myself. In the verses that I just read in Philippians four ten through thirteen, that was out of the NIV, not the Amplified. I'm sorry. So now we're gonna read out of the Amplified, verse ten. The title of this is God's Provisions. Out of the Amplified, verse 10, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord, that now at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned about me before, but you had no opportunity to show it. Now, Not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy, regardless of my circumstances. I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times. And I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. And 
in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life. Now, this is when Paul says the secret there, that is not like kind of what Oprah, Oprah Winfrey or some of the what pastors teach about the secret of life. That's not what Paul's talking about. But just to back up here, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life, whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or in need. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who, who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. We just read about how God, wow, this is, this is incredible. We just read about how God makes his plan perfect in our purpose. And what does it say right here out of the Amplified? It, it, it describes I had to sneeze. Sorry, I didn't want to do that with the mic on. Um, in verse, verse 13, I can do all things which he has called him to do, which is, which is Christ. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency to fulfill his purpose. It's so cool to see how God's connecting this right now. Now, listen to a, I listened to a two-part series last week about contentment on the Joyce Meyer podcast. Now, I get it. I've heard the things that are said towards her. Um, oh, my gosh. I've heard the kind of things that, pe- that people have said about her, but... You know, yeah, there are verses that she does take out of context. She takes John 10.10 out of context a lot. And you guys have heard me talk about this verse. If you haven't, that's fine. Um, But anyway, she said some really great stuff. The Holy Spirit used her mightily in these two episodes that I watched about contentment. But she said that the definition of contentment is not the desire for things to go away. Which means if you want something... That's that that that's that that doesn't mean that you're that you're not being content. But rather, when we don't get what we want, what is our character or attitude in that moment? When I thought of this, I was in my car when I listened to this, beloved. The Holy Spirit showed me that I am more content than I really think. For example, with me working on covetousness, how I just kind of shared about that. I love cars. I love car design. And when I see a new Lexus or a really nice Audi R8, I would say to myself, wow, I would really love a car like that. But I found myself grateful for the car that I have now. Her name is Leah, and she's a 2008 Lincoln MKZ with all-wheel drive. And God blessed me greatly with this car. If you would like to hear this amazing story and testimony about me getting this car, it's season uh, it's um, two episodes. Uh, it's season 20, episodes 218. I have them titled both as 218, but so I think it's okay for me to have a feeling of, man, that would be nice to drive, but I'm content with the car that I have now. But at the same, but at the same, at the same time, looking back on my attitude I had when I was sharing a car with my brother, I did not find myself content with just sharing a car with my brother. I wanted my own car. I wasn't content. I wasn't like, wow, Lord, thank you. You've actually given me this car and I trust you for the season that I'm in. Did I have moments like that, beloved, where I said that? Yes. Could I have been more consistent about it? Yes. Wanting my own car was fine, but it's that I wasn't being content where I was at. Because if we had the heart posture of, man, I want that, or I don't, I don't want what I, what I want. 
I want more. I want this instead of this. It's just not enough. This is a sign of covetousness and greed. And verse 11, again, I feel, can you elaborate what I say to be true? Out of the Amplified, not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ. Satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy regardless of my circumstances. And beloved, you know what? We think we have it hard. Paul was in jail and suffering. And we have a home, we have a bed, we have a car, we have food, we have a phone. There's a verse where Paul says in Timothy, I have food and clothes and I should be content with that. And beloved, I'm not saying these things to put you down. You know, it's good to teach moralistic preaching, but if I'm not doing that with the gospel, that's an issue. It's legalistic. Legalism is law without grace. This is where the beauty of the gospel comes into play. But there needs to be a balance. So we need to find, look at, look at, I mean, I'm just looking at my room right now. I've got my bed. I've got a TV on my wall. I've got an Xbox. And the story behind that Xbox, let me just tell you, I really wanted an Xbox really bad and I really wanted to play Star Wars Battlefront. I was, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I love it. God speaks to me a lot through the movie. It's really cool. Um, and I kind of felt a prompting on the, on my heart from the Holy Spirit saying, Hey, why don't you ask your brother if he'll buy you an Xbox? I'm not kidding you, beloved. And literally I was like, he's not going to buy me an Xbox, but I guess I got to ask. You never, you never really know. I can assume, but I never really know. Going into it, I was like, he's not going to buy me an Xbox. And so I text him like literally right in that moment, maybe like a few minutes after. And he was like, yeah, sure. (laughs) And (laughs) I said, how much are you trying to spend? And I'm not going to, I'm not going to discuss what that was, but he gave me a number. I found one that day and I bought an Xbox on an app called Letgo. Some guy, he was selling it for a little bit more than, than what my brother had said. And I said, Hey, I can offer you this. He was like, you know, I'm having a good day. I'm feeling good. I'll, I'll give it to you for that much. And I got an Xbox and that's the Xbox that's sitting right over there on my little table. So I've got a desk here. When I went to my, my first, my first year at Bethel in California, my brother and I were in San Francisco and, um, this guy was selling these art pictures, um, that he had like, they're like super, um, I kind of forget what you call them, but it's, it's a super cool picture of Star Wars. It's like made of paint and it's got like splashes of, um, uh, different colors in the background. It's, um, it's, um, it's the Mandalorian holding, uh, baby Yoda. It's super cool. Um, I've got, I've got so many clothes. I've got nice Banana Republic clothes. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that like, like, oh, look at me, but wow. Like, look, I, I should be so grateful. And I, and I've been doing better at this beloved. I've been learning how to get more content. And I'm going to share about that in a second on what I've been able to be more content in. I have my own car. It's a 2008 and it's got every bell and whistle, all wheel drive, heated and cooled seats, a moonroof, leather seats, power seats, a really nice V6. It's really fast. I take care of her. I've got a, I've got the Bible. You know, but you know what? The most, the number one thing that I should be most thankful for is my salvation through Christ.
we can continue to get in that attitude of, I want this and I want that. We're not content with what we have. We have a phone where we can, we can look something up like that and find something out. Someone, someone's looking for a Bible verse, so you know, there's been for this verse on my mind, but I can't really be thinking about it. And you go, oh, what's it, what's it, what is it? And so they tell you the verse and you search it up and you're like, oh, it's Proverbs 19, 1921. It's like, oh my gosh, we are so blessed. Beloved, we live in a country where I can tell people to repent from their sins and trust in Christ that Jesus loved you so much. And I will not be physically persecuted because that's what happened to the apostles in Acts. That's what happened. I could quote other scriptures like, um, well, let me go back here. We, 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 we have to be satisfied in what we have. Our contentment cannot be found in materialistic things, but it has to be found in Christ. You could either say, I've defined my identity in Christ or my contentment. I could quote other scriptures like 1 John 2.15, but John is talking about loving sin of this world. It's not wrong or is a sin to want things here on earth. That's not what John is talking about. I, I hear so many people preach it that way and it's heartbreaking. They totally butcher what John's trying to say there. But if those things are sinful, like pride, arrogance, lust, sex outside of marriages, pornography, masturbation, idols, or anything else, that's an issue. There are moments when we feel we are missing out on something in our work with God. As much as this may be true, we are not bound to that. We're not. We are not under the law. Who do I mean by we? People who are daily walking with Christ, picking up their crosses, dying to themselves, and seeking God's will for your life. And those who trust in the sacrifice that Christ made for your sins. Our walk with Jesus once we have put our trust in him for our sins and sanctification, we can see Romans 8. Hang on, I'm not sure if that makes sense what I just said. Our walk with Christ, once we have put our trust in him for our sins, looks like the walk of sanctification. We can see Romans 8.29 come into play out of the Amplified. For those whom he foreknew and loved and chose beforehand, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son and ultimately share in his complete satisfaction so that he would be the firstborn, the most beloved and honored among many believers. So the reason why I quote that verse, and I don't think I'm taking it out of context, is... We are walking through sanctification. So many of you guys are maybe not where you're focusing on contentment. Maybe God's working on a different area in your heart, and that's fine. That's okay. The Holy Spirit is leading us in all different ways. And we are to humble ourselves in the midst of when the Holy Spirit's revealing things in our hearts. Here are some ways that can help us be more content, peaceful, and joyful in the Holy Spirit no matter what comes in us by his work in us. I'm gonna say that one more time. Here are some ways that can help us to be more content, peaceful, and joyful in the Holy Spirit no matter what comes at us by his work in us. Number one, the Holy Spirit's leadership is perfect. It is without blemish and without flaw. He does not speak on his own initiative. He only speaks on what the Father says. That is a paraphrase of John 16, 13. 
Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, Matthew 4, 4. Now, we are blessed to live in a country where we are very accessible to food, obviously. But in moments where we are hungry, beloved, do you believe that God can fill you up in that moment? In moments, you know, not even when you're going hungry and you have no food to eat, whether you're at work, you don't have money to buy food, yada, 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 or you're fasting and you ask God to fill you up. Do you believe that God can fill you up in that moment? I believe that he can do that for you. I do. God knows I'm not lying right now. Because this is the conclusion that I've come to. How did Jesus last 40 days and 40 nights in the, in the, in the wilderness? How did he go that long without food? He was fully God, but he was also fully man as well. He did not live on bread alone, but on every word that came from the mouth of God. That's how he did it. That, that's, that's based off some knowledge that I've learned from the Holy Spirit. In moments of needing the world's goods, whether it's money or food like we just talked about, or even clothes, if we have these things, we can be content. We have to know God sees where we, we have to, we have to know that God sees where we are at, beloved. We should learn to be financially ethical and not be fully dependent on others financially. You notice that I said to be fully dependent, which means it's okay to be in need of finances sometimes. It's okay. We can see the, again, the church here in, in, Philipp, in Philippi, they, they helped Paul. It's okay to be in need sometimes. But we have to be responsible for ourselves at the same time. Sometimes, though, sometimes tough financial seasons happen and God wants us to trust him because he's our provider, that he can do all things. We can trust him. We can choose to do it. We can trust God in every season that we go through and know that he is our contentment. But God, uh, let's, let's look at 1 Timothy 6.6 6 out of the Amplified. But godliness, remember that word, we're going to come back to that, actually is a source of great gain when accompanied by contentment. That contentment which comes from a sense of inner confidence based on the sufficiency of God. It goes right back to what Paul said, I've learned how to be sufficient on Christ. Do you see it's all like how it's all connecting? I, I hope you see this, beloved. Now, Paul is talking about what needs to be evident in a minister's life. This is something that I'm learning because obviously I, I would say that I'm a pastor. God's given me a platform and I'm honored and humbled by that. But it's super cool. I just uploaded an old message here on my podcast over on YouTube about understanding the fear of the Lord. Now, we said we come back to that word godliness. It's the word usebaya, usebaya. It is used as a feminine noun and it can translate into reverence, respect, or uh, piety. I think that's or it's piety. Piety towards God or godliness. So reverence or respect or piety towards God is a source of great gain when it's accompanied by contentment. So 
So I just think it's cool how I, I, I saw that translation to turn into reference and I just did a message about the fear of the Lord. It's really cool to see God do that. So for me, when I look at this verse, I love to keep 2 Timothy 3.16 in check when we have read several, which we have read several times here on my podcast. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I'm not sure what version that is. That could be ESV, but... Um, that's the verse that I come to when I when I continue to read scriptures like this, like 1 Timothy 6.6. 6. Now, I, I have to realize that I do fear God. I do respect him. And if you remember at the beginning of today's episode, I talked about how the fear of the Lord is not just a feeling. Oh, I actually, okay, I did not talk about this. So this is something that I want to make clear. Um, this is something that I meant to say on my YouTube channel for tomorrow. I probably should have written a note, but... Anyway, sorry. Okay. For those that did listen to that message and you're listening to this now here on this platform, I just want to say the fear of the Lord is not just a feeling, but it's an action as well. It's important to realize that we can feel these things. We can feel that we want a heart change, but if we don't actually change, it doesn't matter. And what I mean by changing is, again, if you go through a day where God really searches you and he he tests your mind, like Jesus says in Revelation or like God says in Jeremiah, and you, you, you you don't come to God and open yourself up, then you're not changing. That's what's important. It's about just opening your heart, beloved. Um... Now I'm so I'm learning now how I'm learning contentment and that it is of great gain because I do fear God but now I'm learning how to be content and let it be of great gain and beloved we hear so much of people say get more of this make more money get a nice car get nicer clothes or even or even more clothes instead of just nicer clothes get more clothes get more of this do more of that more I want more I want more I want more It's just an attitude of continuing to, to to want more. Why? Because it's only Jesus can feel you wanting to be content. This is where I, I just go back. Because we can see when the world tries to do these things or even just, you know, I, I don't mean to judge the world because Paul says we don't do that. So I take that back. I'm sorry. But rather when we find even ourselves we just want more you have to realize beloved if you fear god if you if you if if, if you represent godliness like in 1 Timothy 6:6 6, 6, and you learn to be content it is a great gain believe this when i tell you There's some things that I'm working on to be more content. My singleness, finances, being financially ethical, independent on uh, myself for money. Uh, my body image, which I've definitely, I, I've definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more content than where I was. Um, the car that I have, I've been getting better at that as well. Um, where I am at in Christ through sanctification. That's a big one. I'm really trying to learn how to be content in that. Um, and not be content to the point of like, um, like, oh, like I'm just not going to work anymore and just not like yield myself to the Holy Spirit. But rather like I trust the Holy Spirit's leadership right now. 
and I can be content with where he has me based on the leadership that of where he's taking me now this is the hardest this this is the hard this is the hardest one um, that I'm working on being okay with things that I cannot fix I'm learning how to be content in that um, but I definitely have learned a lot I, I've been I've been feeling a lot more contentment in my singleness as well it's really good um, and I think I shared this before but what's really helping me be more content in my singleness is that this is only going to be for a season I'm only going to get a little bit more time and then God eventually is going to bring my future spouse and we're going to get into a season of, you know, she's going to want to do something and, and I'm going to want to do something else. And I know that I'm going to have to practice. Let's do what you want to do. I want to humble myself and I want to consider her more important than myself. Um, and so like, like whenever I want to do, you know, your singleness, you've got so much more time to do what you want to do. Enjoy it. Go out to a movie. Make sure Jesus would approve of it as well. Don't forget that. <laughs> um, watch a funny TV show. Uh, go to the gym. You know, I can't even, gosh, I'm mentioning all these worldly things. Get into the Bible more. Read scripture. When you don't understand, say, Lord, I know your word says blessed are the poor in spirit. Show me how I'm blessed when I don't understand this verse. Show me, Holy Spirit. I know you can show me. I know you want to show me. Because you love me and you give wisdom without blame, even if you have to remind me. If you remember our study on James, where James says, God will give wisdom without rebuke. In the Greek there, it can translate into, even if God has to remind you. Um, you know, go to church more. Get plugged into a celibate recovery group. I'm telling you, it's good. Beloved, I am not telling you things that I don't practice myself. And I'm not saying these things to try to, like, I know my tone, but I'm saying these things out of love. I want the best for you. And that's not me trying to gaslight you like you're doing something wrong either. No. Examine your own walk. Look at it with the Holy Spirit. So I've been getting better at that. I, I've got, I've, I'm, def I'm definitely a lot more content than where I was with my body. Um, I'm not overweight, but I'm not fit. I mean, I'm, I would say I'm athletic, I'm fit, but you know, I've got a little bit of a belly. I've got, you know, it's, and I'm learning like, I don't find my identity in that. Um, I've, I've come a long way in being content with the car that I have right now. Even though she's a little bit older, she does have some issues going on right now, but it's okay. I'm grateful. God blessed me with that car. I had to wait for that promise. God carried me through. So, all the other things, the Holy Spirit has given me a lot of grace to be content with. But the last one is one of the harder things that I'm working on right now, which is basically being okay with things that I can't fix and just being content with that. And just, again, putting myself back into that place of humility, like, you know what? God, you know, you know, if I could fix it, I would. But sometimes you just can't. So, beloved... How can we learn to be content? We can trust in the Holy Spirit's leadership and providence over our lives. He is a good leader, a good provider, and it and a incredible friend. I think the one thing that really helps me feel a lot more content is that Jesus is coming back, that this is not my home. I'm just passing through. First John 5:12 out of the Amplified says, He who has the Son, by accepting Him, 
as Lord and Savior, has the life that is eternal. He who does not have the Son of God by personal faith does not have life. So I know that I, and beloved, I've been feeling this. Like I, I cannot explain it. In John chapter 4, a lot of you may know this. You may not know what's exactly in John 4, but when you read it, you're, I know you're going to know the story. Where Jesus talks about, he's with the woman, the Samaritan woman, who had tons of husbands. And he says in verse 13, Jesus answered her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsted again. Verse 14, out of the Amplified, But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. But the water that I give him will become in him a spring of water, satisfying his thirst for God, welling up, continually flowing, bubbling within him to eternal life. This is what I have been experiencing, beloved. I have been feeling that water. And it's the joy of eternal life satisfying my hunger for God, saying, Lord, I need you. I can't do this in my own righteousness. It's nothing but filthy rags. I need your righteousness, Jesus. And he's saying, I love your humility. I see it. And my Holy Spirit's working that in you. You have been sealed for the day of redemption. That's what helped me be really content, knowing that I have eternal life. I'm telling you, oh, I can feel it right now, beloved. It's, it is so incredible. That really helps me that, he's, that, that since he's coming back, I am not putting my hope in this life, but in the one that is to come. As God provided water and manna from heaven for his people, the Israelites, so will he do the same with us. We can find our contentment in Christ because he provides all that we need. Love, security, truth, intimacy, so someone we can always lean on in moments of pain. Our sufficiency shall be found in him. And most importantly, he offers salvation through the blood that was poured out for me and for you because he loved us and gave himself up for us. Two last verses that we can look at to understand God giving us all that we need in each season. James 1.17 out of the Amplified. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, the creator and sustainer of the heavens in whom there is no variation to rising or setting or shadow cast by his turning for he is perfect and never changes. When I think of this verse, we have to trust that whatever God gives us in each season, it's enough. We know, he, 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 we have to know that he knows what we need. Matthew 6, 21, out of the Amplified, I've got this verse and one more. For where your treasure is, there your heart, your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers will be also. We have to see Jesus as our treasure, our satisfaction, our first love, our contentment, our everything, and our sufficiency, beloved. The last verse I want to talk about, it's off note, where Jesus says, don't think that God hears your prayers by just these long, repetitive prayers. He goes, just pray. God knows what you need. Psalm 139, where David says, before I even speak, you know what I'm going to say. 
He knows, beloved. He knows what you need. He is our loving Abba. My Abba. That's how we can find our, that's how we can be content. To find our sufficiency in Christ. Well, amen and amen, beloved. That is our message on learning how to be content. Oh, I love that message. It was really good. Really even, I mean, I, I, you know what? I, I'm preaching to myself here. If, you know. Okay, I'm going to share the gospel. Because we need it. So there was a law that was given to God's people, the Israelites, which were written on tablets of stone. And God gave it through Moses after God led his people, the Israelites, out of the bondage and slavery in Egypt through King Pharaoh. Generation after generation, God's people, the Israelites, could not do what God demanded. There were many kings who lived over God's people. Many were righteous in the eyes of the Lord, but many were also evil. There then came the prophets sent by God who would give God's people and kings a message of many kinds. Through Isaiah's words in chapter 53, there was a prophecy about a coming Messiah, someone from the lineage and root of David that would save everyone from their sins, to then be in right standing with God through this Savior. After all the turmoil of the law that brought forth death, Jesus came and started to proclaim the gospel, and it was said, Repent and believe in the gospel, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Some translations say, for the kingdom of God is near. Jesus also said, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Paul was a chosen man by God to proclaim the good news of the gospel. And he says in Romans that we have all fallen short of the glory of God, that we are not morally good people, but rather we are dead in our sins. But Christ came to redeem us from the curse of the law, the sting of death, to then make us in right standing with God. Jesus lived the life that we couldn't live by being tempted by sin, but knew no sin, so that we could become the righteousness of God through Christ. We, meaning me as well, are all sheep who have gone our own way, but God has caused the wickedness of us all to fall on Christ. So in essence, the bad news is we couldn't do what God asked us. We kept falling short generation after generation. And again, I'm including myself in that. But the good news, the gospel, is that Jesus finished it. And those who repent, which means to change one's mind and seek God's word for your life and trust the sacrifice that Christ made for your sins, you are saved. Your name is found in the book of life and you are forever changed. You are a new man now. You are a new creation. The old man is dead. That old man, the sinful man, it's dead. It is no longer alive in you. You receive the promised Holy Spirit in Ezekiel 36. You receive the new heart of flesh. You receive the law that God has written on your heart. Here are some scriptures that emphasize on what Christ has done. You could look at these on your own time if you would like. Galatians 3, 10-14, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, Isaiah 53, John chapter 3, and Ephesians chapter 2. Let's close in prayer. 
Father. Our wonderful, merciful Father. We pray, Father, help us to be content. To trust in you for every season we go through. God, I pray for my listener. I lift them up. God, you use me as your vessel to preach your word. And I pray... Teach them, Holy Spirit, how to be content with what you've given them. Father, give them grace to trust you. Just say it with me. God, we trust you right now. We trust you. We trust you, Abba. We trust you, Abba. Father, I thank you for the kingdom that is to come that your wrath and your anger, your indignation will change everything. And your love is coming for your bride. Let me present my listeners without blemish, God, before you. One day they will stand before you, God. And I thank you for that promised day where you will blow the trumpet and we will all gather with the saints and the angels and our loving Savior, Jesus Christ. God, I pray for the person that just heard the gospel for the first time. Any demon they have, cast it out right now. In Jesus' name, fill them with your Holy Spirit. Give them knowledge of your will. Give them hunger for your will. Give them hunger for your word. Father, in this walk of sanctification, help us to be content with where you have us. Thank you for this day. Thank you for another message, God. Thank you for your love and your son who cleanses us from all of our sin, all of our wickedness. God, we love you. We worship you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, uh, next week, Lord willing, I am planning on talking about giving God thanks in all seasons. This is something else that I've been putting into practice in my walk with God right now. Um, also, uh, I literally right after I end this podcast and write some notes down and upload this episode, I have a prophetic word for Bill Johnson. say this. I'm not going to share it right now because I want to I make it a separate episode. I've had this word for quite some time and I talked with my, my buddy Alec recently and I told him the word that I got and he said it's so crazy because I was literally praying that he would repent. Um, so you may have kind of already gotten a hint of what the word is and that's fine. It's okay. Um, God has been very kindly shocker uh, reminding me to put out this word so i'm gonna do it now and stop it's not that i've been procrastinating i've just been forgetting um i guess i could have been procrastinating a little bit but um what was i gonna say oh my gosh it's so cool like you know so you guys know i just got on youtube and i just uploaded uh i think it was my fourth or fifth sermon about understanding the fear of the lord and uh eventually i know that i'm going to talk about my experience at bethel and um i think i have my mind made up on bethel before I went to went there for my first year, I had so many people telling me that there are cults, that Bill Johnson's a false teacher, 
that they are just, they sent me videos, they tried telling me like going there is a mistake, you were not supposed to go there, they're not being led by God. And of course, I didn't write these things off, but I was just like, okay, I'll keep it in check. I'm so grateful God's given me a heart of meekness. I'm so glad, I'm so, so humbled by that, so grateful. Um, but I think my mind is made up. After thinking, listening to a podcast by Mike Winger, uh, who talks about uh, the book that they came out a long time ago called "The Physics of Heaven." Physics of Heaven. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna share my thoughts on that episode about Bill Johnson. So, anyway, thank you so much for listening to today's episode as we talked about learning how to be content. This is your friend Josiah. God loves you.